Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and 7.60 a.m. in Hawaii. I'm joined, as always, by G. Hey, Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, and two very special guests today, Kayla Kinnear, Tim Lee, Full House today. How are we all doing? Full House. Great to be with you all. Love that show also back in the day. Full oh, House. you and me both are right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wish I could say I'm, I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to see everybody here. I'm just really bummed about last night's Duke game, so I'm still kind of reading about it. Everybody, stop. I, I, it's so We're hard. We're the only show in America, <laughs> like outside of North Carolina, talking about Duke basketball. Tim, it's November, for goodness sake. This early, too. Duke basketball this early as well. But Duke, Kansas, guys. Duke, Kansas. <laughs> oh. Who cares? I was you rooting got... for you as a Mizzou grad. That's I wanted right. nothing more than Duke to win. Well, yeah. also, Jihei, you're not going to get your best player till what, December? Whitehead? Yeah. Well, I'm ho- I'm hoping so. But also, you had Proctor, who actually did really well in the, um, in the second half. He kind of stepped up in that beginning of that second half. And... You're supposed to have a great stud in Lively right now, and I'm just really, really disappointed in their performance. But I will say this. um, I believe it was... um we have like a ton of freshman studs that are supposed to just step up. We have the number one class in the nation. I don't understand this. I just don't. well, the guy, this the six eleven or seven foot center, the the white dude, Filipowski or whatever. No, yeah, he, he's very advanced yeah. for his age. No, he's great. Here's the thing. He's great. They all made halftime adjustments and did a really good job. But defensively, I think we're lacking. And also, no offense to Shire, I love him, but. No time, no time out in the end. Yeah. And clock management was an issue at, with the last 30 seconds. No fouling. We had three fouls, and we had three more fouls to give. And he did not foul with 30 seconds left to, like, chop that time off yeah. for him. So I mean, that was, was just, a game you guys should have uh, won. Uh, not, not to derail too much. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, well, good, just, morning. good morning. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just so really, really mad. So. By the way, I thought Jihei was a degenerate gambler before... I met Tim Lee. There's nothing that Tim does not wager on. You talk about Formula One, NASCAR. Now, Tim, college hoops, November. Mm. Is that too crazy? Or, or No, no, you? no. Well, I, I, the thing is, like, gambling is such a red flag word in California. Oh, you're right, right. right. I'm a, What's the proper? I'm a, I'm a daily fantasy player. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Daily so like, do fantasy. You use, do, you use, yeah. do you use prize picks? I uh, used to. I use Underdog. We now. don't want your promo code on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I do know the people I'm, for Underdog, though. Really? Okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, um, a partner with Prize, so I just. I'm an Underdog for Life guy now. Okay, I see how it is. Is the payout yeah. better? Or Way what? better. Way yeah. Better. Okay. Okay. The props are easy and they're updated faster. Just saying, no big deal. 
All right, not a ton of games, but we do have to start with the Clippers game last night. Uh, they're down 25 points in the first half. They, they found a way to storm back, come back, but they could not win. Tim was really the first one that when we had him on was not concerned about the Clippers. I was very concerned. And by the way, I, I'm still concerned about the, the Kawhi problem that if, if Kawhi comes back and he's not Kawhi like if Kawhi comes back and he's 20 minutes off the bench Kawhi that's not a championship team where do you stand with the Clippers right now Paul George is playing extremely well they found a way to win they're above 500 they're they're a good team Tim where do you stand on them now yeah I want to also leave it up to the group as well but I'm I'm not concerned still I mean I yesterday was not concerning considering Doncic always has some sort of vengeance I don't know what he prayed to what God well two playoffs I mean heartbreaking playoff losses to the Clippers right, right? but he has like 18 40 point triple doubles and eight <laughs> of right. them are against the Clippers it's yeah. kind of insane at this point That's but true. I mean the second unit looks horrible still in my opinion defensively they're still playing decent transitional defense not great but like there's so many opportunities for this team to excel you you don't you don't hide the black like the, the white elephant in the room Kawhi is obviously the biggest issue but from what i've seen you know early on in the season progressively like these have been pretty good games most of them yeah. and not only that i think it's important to note that this is the most competitive nba we've ever seen this season you have the oklahoma city thunder now uh, benefiting from the stardom or superstardom rather of shea gilgis alexander who you know jerry top west was player. obviously top five player right I mean, now yeah I still reluctant wonder to if trade. they took a hard and fast rule and they, and they threw in like another first round pick I, I know the thunder wanted him but i mean i mean i, I just I, that was the one downer of that trade that yeah. night you look at J july 4th right they get Kawhi, they get paul george and you look down the list and the first thing is oh my god that's a lot Whoa. of draft pick but shay did they have to give up on shay it's, it's wild um and it's it's just a miracle that we're living in this time and that the nba now it's like the a passing of the torch, I shall say, right? Like Kevin Durant's team, Steph Curry's team, LeBron's team, none of them are like elite right now, yeah. right? And then you look at the superstars that are up and coming, like obviously Luka Doncic. Well, he's already been a superstar, he's a superstar. but yeah. SGA, Halliburton now kind of reaching that. Uh, De'Aaron Fox now looking very good with Sabonis. Surprisingly. Clutch sports, Surprisingly. future Laker, clutch sports. <laughs> Who? Oh, that's, that's a De'Aaron De Fox. Fox. I wish he's not coming to the Lakers. He hates the Lakers because they chose Lonzo Ball over him. Yeah, well, that's, he's that, gonna was, have that. that was, who was the GM back then? I forgot. Was it Jim Buss? Was it uh, Magic? That was Magic. Yeah. It's, Magic and Polenka. New they wanted period. Lonzo Rich over. Oh, baby. It seems like, and by the way, I, you know I'm, I'm diehard purple and gold, but it seems like we've made every bad decision over the past <laughs> seven years in, in terms to like passing on Jason Tatum for Lonzo Ball when even Kobe was in their ear about drafting Jason Tatum and they right. still didn't listen, right? Uh, Magic Johnson was, was enamored with Lonzo Ball because he reminded him of himself, right? That was a bad pick. Um, the Ingram pick was good, right? But it, It's hard to say it. Personally, I think the Lakers draft well, but they don't develop exactly. Well. well, no, they develop well, but what they do is they trade them too early. Sure, but during the years with Randall and D'Lo, right? They were just yeah. In the they bench. didn't. Well, D'Lo is now like bench. arguably the worst player in the NBA this year. He's ha he has like he a forty six percent EFG percent. It would have been good if it wasn't the game before when he scored thirty and eleven. I'm just saying. But like, but I agree with you in the sense that it's not panic mode on the Clippers just yet. They yes. have a lot of big wins. They're they're competitive against teams without Kawhi Leonard. It it, it begs the question. Okay, if we can get even it's, it's, obviously fifty percent of Kawhi won't work. It's not sustainable. But if we get eighty percent 
percent of Kawhi. Like if he can score yeah. 21, 22 points that's per game, contender. that's yeah. a championship contender. Because this is a wide yeah. open NBA. That's this a season. good thing. It's wide open. But he hasn't played in a year and a half. Yeah, there. that is true. And so this is the issue. Like at what point? Well, that's are on we him. See, no, well, well, he's hurt. I mean, he, this is not load management. Well, right? it's his fault that he didn't develop. That he didn't properly come back from the injury. It is. It's I mean, not the Clippers' fault. They did. They literally gave him. It doesn't they, matter they, whose fault they, it is. What I'm saying is, that if Kawhi not, can't yeah. come back, then I mean, they're not a championship. They're a Absolutely. playoff team, but they're Absolutely. not a championship. Well, are they? Team. We don't know. They're definitely they a playoff team. They will be a playoff team. They're definitely. A I mean, I, yeah. I agree, but you just don't know. I mean, Utah it looks like they're sustained success. It's, they're it's starting going to, to be tank sustainable. Now. They're starting to tank now. You think so? You know, they they're they're legitimately pulling their players. Yeah, like four I, to five I, minutes. I've noticed that in closing situations and closing with like Sexton. But then when he starts scoring a little bit, they're like. Let's take it easy, buddy. So Walker Kessler. I, w- I wanted to bring this up because we we talked about obviously the Lakers' inconsistencies. Sure. Um, you know their their rotations, how Darvin Ham is implementing each player. The issue is we came in here and we were excited about that win over the Nets, despite them being three and ten, and then the Nets lose by forty points almost last night to the Sacramento Kings. Right. What are your thoughts there? What What do we think the ceiling is for the Lakers? What do we think is going to happen in the next couple of weeks? And is there any chance that they can get into the play in tournament? It was so funny because when Tim came on the last time was right after they, they had won two straight games and I was on cloud nine. And, and, I was still and, a little critical. And not only that, Tim was like, not only are they not a good team, they are one of the worst teams in the league. And so yeah. now I, I yeah. got to you know give him his flowers and say, sure. yeah, they are really bad. They have to do a deal at some point. I agree with you, Brandon. There's no reason to part with future first round picks when you yeah. talk about a Top, like they are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. So this is not the time period to trade first or future first now. But if teams are going to tank, I think you could do a deal at some point. Now you have to you wait. You get way the, more than you want, and this exactly. is this is why I actually agree with Rob Palinka. Not and also Russell Westbrook's stellar play. You can't just trade him right now. I mean, he's been arguably their best player over Here the past go, couple weeks. Was that Brandon? <laughs> he, he has. I mean, this is. I said this last week. Um, I mean, louder for the people in the back. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is obviously their best defender, but besides that one game against Brooklyn, it's been Russell Westbrook that's pretty much been their right, best player. Right, right. What's going to happen at some point is they should wait. They shouldn't have the pressure of the fans. Why part with first-round picks when you're 3-10? and 10? Let the yeah. team figure it out if, if they're going to figure it out. Or if not, you play for next season. And I know, I know that's not what Laker fans want to hear. I've been up here saying that on, on the show that I would just dismantle everything and try and get picks back, trade Davis, trade LeBron even with his no-trade clause in the offseason, wow. trade everything and rebuild. I, I might even double down on the stance. Um, I know people are saying AD looks good and everything. I don't think he looks very good. I think he looks lethargic. I think he looks off of, like, absolutely just... Last year, he looked heavy, and he was. He was 20 pounds heavier, which is like, you know, you could say whatever you want about it. He didn't play that great, but he wasn't agile, and he wasn't, like, the kind of, like, world stopper that he was in the playoffs. This year, it's looked like hit or miss. He's had games where on the box score it looks good, but when you watch him play, he's just like a step slow, slow. Mm-hmm. so slow. slow. Yeah, his offensive game has really diminished. It really Since has. Since the bubble, it's gotten just incrementally worse. He can't shoot anymore. He's a rim runner, yeah. essentially a glorified rim runner. Literally, he's got the offensive bag of maybe Rudy Gobert right or now. Maybe Jared, a little bit better. He's like, he's like Jared Allen. A little bit like plus. Wow. Yeah. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen plus, basically, right, right now. I don't know. He That's just can't shoot anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, he was never an elite shooter, but at least he could hit the mid-range at a high rate and, and knock down the three at close to 30%. Right. Now you're looking at his statistics of like 15% um, from three, something like that, 16%. And 
what close to 40 45 percent for mid-range was something he used to knock down over 60 percent of the time i think the biggest problem with the lakers and i i said this and dave smith got really mad at me yesterday was lebron yeah. lebron's been for his usage percentage, their worst player. If you look at just the advanced metrics, I know if you watch the game of basketball, he obviously impacts it still. Offensively, he's not playing a lick of defense. He's shooting 23.9% from three. His EFG percentage last year was the best of his career. It was close to 60. He was an MVP candidate. He was amazing. He couldn't miss. This year, he looks a step slower. He, he doesn't, look, slower. doesn't look great. He's not playing defense. And when he was out there in those two games that they won with him, he almost lost them both of those games. Yeah. Again, granted, they won't be in half of the games without LeBron James. I understand that. But when are we going to have a conversation? Like, is LeBron even a top 10 basketball player? He's right not. Now? You can even take it a step further. He's not even top 20 right no. now, dude. His plays, like the thing is like his bread and butter has always been if he, if he starts to lose like confidence in his outside shop, he has his post game, right? His, his yeah. post up game is incredible. Yeah. That's gone. You can just forget about that. He has the least amount of points in post game he's ever had in his career since his rookie season. He doesn't score on his drives anymore because he doesn't blow past opponents. So it's like, he wow. uses his pure strength. He, what can he do? He genuinely like has great court vision. That's always been a given. See, but people aren't he's doubling high on him. He's a high IQ basketball exactly. player. Exactly. But if no one's is, doubling on him, and no one's hitting, enough, not many people are hitting not shots right. either. So it's like, you're really not. Going back to and it's possible. Look, I'm ne I'm never going to count out um, what the Lakers can do in the off season. Mm -hmm. You know, if they do want to hold on to their pride and keep Davis and LeBron, which is probably obviously not gonna, the great move. Not the great move, but it's going <laughs> to happen. Let's say they get. You know, they they make a trade for Bradley Beal in offseason, which by the way would be the worst trade in NBA, even worse than the Russell Westbrook trade because Beal's making yeah. fifty million Way a year. More. Fifty yeah. million a year. That's crazy. Fifty. And Laker fans want him. I mean, the guy's efficiency has gone down dramatically. It, it's not even close. He can't shoot the three like he used to. Russell Westbrook, you know, he has to thank him for his 35-point-per-game season. That was mostly on Westbrook getting him open looks that whole year. But even if they get a Bradley Beal or, let's say, obviously Kyrie's out of the picture, right? They're not going to go and get Kyrie Irving. That would be a colossal mistake. But hey, we've, we've been, we've grown accustomed to seeing colossal <laughs> yeah. mistakes from the you Lakers. You have to trade for basketball. basketball players. We're not trading for basketball players. The thing is the Irving. Lakers won the championship with two stars in a bunch of high-end role players, or maybe not even high-end role. I think it was just LeBron and Davis's greatness, and then Rondo stepped up. But I'm saying at least those guys played defense, and yes. a couple of them could shoot. KCP is a champion. He's a guy you want on your team, and why the Denver Nuggets are probably the favorite right now to come out of the Western Conference, right? Like, one of the reasons, because he's a champion. He can knock down shots. He can play defense. Bruce Brown was a great signing. What are they going to do in the offseason? Because they got to start looking toward next year if they don't start going on a run. And it doesn't look like that's ever going to come. We thought. I mean, to Arash's point, yeah. they had to start making. I mean, like, the best play, in my opinion, for them is to make a deal for AD. If people start to see what, what like, even the casual person is seeing with AD, like, his draft. What get, like, know, what are you going to get? You right? could exactly. get well, what about, what about Kevin Durant? They're not going to get Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but there's, there's definitely, I think Brooklyn needs to take a hard look at it. I mean, their best case is like the Knicks. Well, who are they? Davis to the Knicks? Look, that's what? I'm, I'm talking about value. You're talking about value right now, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think he's talking about. I'm assuming you're talking about picks. What you want, right? like, like picks? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. But I think he would prefer Chicago. Okay, I don't think he has much of a say at this point. I agree. I mean, he even said in the off season, "Oh, I might get traded this off season." Right. Like that just shows you have no confidence in in what. Look, he's one of the more lackadaisical basketball players I've ever yeah. seen for his yeah, type for of a talent. Yeah. For a superstar, like in 
it's just if you watch did you watch the laker games like did you go to a game about three years ago that year they won the championship two years ago like in the bubble Pre, before, pre, before, yeah. before. So what was that? 2019? 2020. Like before, well, 2019. Well, 2019. Yeah, I went to Clipper games. but Okay, so, well, yeah. Okay, he congrats. wanted to see we'll winning see, team. We saw, we, did, yeah, yeah, winning team that, that blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Jokic is their father. It's okay. Um, but, no uh, we're going to have to get over that, man. <laughs> Jokic will be on. their father again. What happens if Keep he comes back? On. and No, whatever. What I was saying is <laughs> he could score the easiest of almost any player in the league at that point one of them now he can't it, it's all defense right? i mean i watched him with the pelicans right like we know what his peak prime is and obviously he's not at that point anymore and whenever that will ever happen who knows i don't know what he can develop into at this point peak prime though we saw it in the bubble i sure. think yeah i think top five player in the country in the world yeah, at that I, point and then i mean how far he's fallen in two years is crazy I it's mean, insane it, it's nuts to think that that was just two years ago yeah October of 2020, and now he's, I mean, not even top 20 player, perhaps, in the league. It's, I think that nuts. is the Lakers' best move, is to figure out what they can potentially get for AD. I mean, at this point, like, if you're thinking about anything with, like, playoffs indication, I mean, uh, look at the 3 through 10 on this team yeah. and tell me what other team in the league has a worse 3 through 10, yeah. and I'll challenge you that there's no way. I, I, I want the Ignite. I want to, <laughs> G League. You know what I mean? I'll take them. I'll take the I'll take the, the the Blue Devils. I'll take UNC. I'll take every single other team besides the Lakers right now, three through ten. Real quick, GK, I teased you about college hoops and it's November. Not <laughs> only that, I will raise you one. I'm excited about college basketball next season because for the second day in a row, USC gets the number one recruit, not only the number one women's recruit, yeah, number the number recruit. one male yeah. recruit in the country. Tell me, speak to me, because I have I don't follow preps and I don't follow college hoops. I love this. <laughs> How familiar are you uh, with you these You know, two I, I I know that uh, Gigi probably wanted to stay home, so yeah. that's like a From major yeah. Canyon. Yeah, she. I think she wanted to stay home, and that's like the major reason why she picked SC. Um, I mean, good on SC's program because there we go. You're competing, you know, with South want to Carolina. Go to SC? If you want to win a ring, and I L deals, I'm just hoping that fans actually show up because it's a we'll beautiful see. campus facility, but no one ever shows up to games because we're a football school. We're not a basketball school, right? Hopefully yeah. that changes. I mean, we were a basketball school for uh, like about two years. When they I had mean, never been a basketball school. When no, they had Evan no, Mobley, like no, KPJ no, getting no. We saw that not football a, that we're, year. We're, well, it doesn't matter like who shows up to games. And I, Everyone was showing up to the Mobley no, game. No, we're not. They don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I was there. Remember. It was sold out. Was Did sold you go out? to that game? Wait, no. it's a one if game. It's sold out. They're playing UCLA, U of A. If it's sold out, it's because they're playing Well, I'm saying they were, yes, the tradition, there will always be a football school. But what I'm saying is that. That year, people were looking forward to the basketball yeah. games. I mean, we lost almost every game yeah. in football. Yeah. The Mobley games were good. I wouldn't say they sold out, but yeah, I, no, I was there. It looked like it was almost okay, sold again, out you're, sell, you're selling again. out three games, maybe two games. Yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. selling you're, out you're the selling whole entire... You're selling out UCLA, U of A, and maybe one other game, but it has nothing. Not, I don't want to say it has zero to do with USC, but it's because but of But at that football playing. game, they couldn't sell out almost anything but that year. But I'm saying, like, like, what was the crowd for, for football? I mean, well, it's, it's, that, it's a bigger horrible. stadium. Yeah, well, I, I know, but I'm saying you guys... Here's the thing. If it, if it helps you any, like, to compare, and I'm not... Obviously, I'm not a fan of this team, but they sell out every single game. North Carolina, they they can their stadium right, or their arena right now. It like it sells out every single game. That's a basketball school. That's a basketball. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's a basketball team, school. They they might have the next Josh Allen though. No, but you know what? Maybe? Again, 
again, but it's still always going to be a basketball school. I'm not denying that. I'm saying for that one and, year. And for, but you're not a basketball school for one year. Yeah. You, just, if you're just basketball because school, the you're Clippers school. are better than the Lakers, Los Doesn't, Angeles yeah. is not a Clippers town. Okay. I mean, that's that's all. I want to yeah, argue that too. Maybe that's fine. We can, we can get <laughs> into that personally. Um, before we get to break. Uh, we have a big game on Sunday night. Kayla, we'll talk about this more in the second <laughs> segment. But big Sunday night football game, Chiefs and Chargers. How pumped are you, Chiefs and Chargers? So pumped. Can't wait. Yeah. Expecting a big game from the Chiefs. Still because like, like everyone was talking about that division, how good that division was going to be, and how in the world are the Chiefs going to compete with the Las Vegas Raiders, and oh my God, how bad are they, and the Chargers, and the Broncos, and it's just the Chiefs again. 7-2, like atop the AFC, <laughs> number one in power rankings, let's go. Yeah, like what, do you figure this is going to be a blowout? It's, I, it I will be. never feel that way against a divisional game, no, especially on the road, and last year's game went into overtime, and it was yeah. a very dramatic finish, so I don't... Chiefs have not had, well, especially at home, they've had close games. On the road, they've had one by larger margins. Yeah. But a divisional game, I'll never no, I think, think it it's going to be, be classic. Easy. Yeah. That game a year ago was, I think that was a Sunday night or a Monday night I think game. It was, a, it, was, it was a prime time. I think oh, it was Thursday maybe night. Maybe a Thursday night Fox, game. Yeah. That one was a classic game. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it for the second straight uh, week. Chargers, prime time, Sunday night game. So, uh, that should be a good one. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a very special guest talking about a new show that we have coming up right here on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. The fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 400 0340. All right, joining us now on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, the man, the myth, the legend, our friend in Las Vegas. It is Adrian Hernandez. How are you? Arish, how's it going? Greetings to Southern California and Hawaii. Uh, it is a pleasure to be on, Arash. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We have you on because you are the host of a brand new show we're very excited about. The Sporting Tribune today. Uh, to tell our, uh, our, our, you know, the folks tuning in, what can they, uh, like, expect from this new show? Absolutely. First and foremost, um, thank you. Uh, for allowing me to be a part of this venture. I'm very excited. Um, to me, I might have one of the luckiest positions uh, 
within the Sporting Tribune because I get to pick from all of our great writers. And every week, uh, I'm going to be looking through all the stories and all the content that we're pushing out. And whatever tickles my fancy of sorts and whatever I'm super intrigued and interested about, whether it's the Chargers or Rams or the Lakers and Clippers or in, or in college football or whatever sport, whatever stories that we're pushing out, um, we're going to be having people on the show talking about those stories and kind of go in-depth, not only on the stories themselves, but the people that make the Sporting Tribute and kind of getting an insight so that the audience, for people, they get to know us. And then, of course, we do this for the audience. We do this for the fans. So whatever they would like to, um, we're going to give them the content that they want, that they need. Uh, and every week, just keep everybody updated on everything going on throughout this region here in the West Coast. Love that. So let's turn the tables on you. Let's talk to you. You are there in Las Vegas. What is going on with the silver and black, my friend? I mean, I think everyone thought that they would be a contending team, perhaps a playoff team. When you look at what they did a year ago, what happened? Well, when you say contending team, I don't think the folks in Henderson, Nevada, (laughs) which for those that don't know, is where the Raiders headquarters is located at. I don't think they got the memo. Um, To be quite frank and to be quite honest, in my opinion, these past two weeks, um, because we've moved away from the trade deadline, so the new general manager from the Patriots, Dave Ziegler, got to talk. And then after the disaster of losing to a high school football coach in SportsCenter ESPN (laughs) analyst and Jeff Saturday, um, after these two weeks, we've heard from the GM, we've heard from Mark Davis, and of course we've heard from Josh McDaniels and players on the team. Uh, There's been this, this message that's been echoing from the front office and the coaching staff that we are using this year to look at our roster and to see what we have. And to be quite frank, I believe this week, the phrase rebuilding was thrown out. I'm not a sports aficionado. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit. I don't remember the last time a team is rebuilding from making the playoffs the year before on top of, of course, adding Devontae Adams, adding Chandler Jones. Look, I went in depth and and I was looking through some of the statistics and things like this. Chandler Jones got a three-year, $51 million contract coming into this season to be matched up and be in the opposite side of Max Crosby to give us a dominant defensive front. And he has half a sack this season in nine games. Three-year, $51 million contract. That defensive line has nine sacks total this season. They finally sacked Matt Ryan. It was their first sack in 16 quarters. That is four games, a four-game stretch of no pressure on the quarterback. And then they allowed Matt Ryan to run for 39 yards. And for those that don't know, that run by Matt Ryan, who's 37 years old, is the longest run by someone that age or older (laughs) since 1975. There are huge problems. And to hear the owner and to hear this front office go, Eh, we're rebuilding. We're kind of we, we're we're just checking the things out. Yo, the Raiders and sorry, sorry, Raz. I'm getting like it's getting more frustrated as I talk <laughs> more and more. The Raiders have the most expensive ticket in the NFL. Yeah. Thousands upon thousands of dollars has been spent by this fan base that wants to see a winner. And in a year with Super Bowl expectations, because it hasn't gone right, we're not holding people accountable. And we're talking about rebuilding. Super frustrating. Yeah. Uh, What can be done, though? I mean, it it doesn't seem like they're going to move on from Josh McDaniels. Uh, Again, I I, I don't think he's a head coach when you look at what happened with him with the 
Broncos and what he's done so far. Perhaps a good offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, so what are they going to just put, put him back there? I mean, what can they do? Look, Mark Davis has has after every loss this season, and I'm not exaggerating, has gone into this locker room and has had sit down meetings with Josh McDaniels bypassing the media in front of the media, not in secrecy, not the day after. Um, This man cares a lot about winning. He's invested a lot. I mean, even look at the Aces, giving Becky Hammond a million-dollar contract and trying to elevate the stature and giving all his teams that he owns the proper facilities and headquarters and equipment and coaching staff, this, that, and the third. Um, I was wrong about Josh McDaniels, though. I thought he had learned. It has been a long time. I also thought, even if he's bad, it can't be this bad. <laughs> but I was I was surely wrong. There's only two teams in the NFL with two wins or less. The Texans and the Raiders. That is terrible company to be in. And to be honest, if I was Mark Davis, I'm sending all the pigeons out and I'm finding where the hell's Sean Payton? Where is he at? What's he up to? Is he enjoying his vacation? Is he ready to get back to work? Uh, but they're, they're going to give... From, from what Mark Davis said over the weekend, or on Monday, excuse me, he said Rome's not built in a day. Um, he gave him the vote of confidence when he hired him, which is why he offered the contract, and he believes in him, which, you know, not to defend Derek Carr and some of the players on this team, this this, this, this Raiders organization has gone through a lot. Um, from John Gruden to Basaccia, now to McDaniels, uh, there hasn't been that consistency in someone there for a long time, so they're going to give him time, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, after this weekend and after the the disaster, excuse me, of losing to the Colts might be the worst loss in 30 years. I don't know how much longer the fan base can tolerate this because it doesn't seem like they're tolerating it now after losing to the Colts. And when do you think that Vegas will get a basketball team, they're an NBA team rather? I know they have a WNBA team with the Aces. Um, there, there were reports about Mexico City possibly getting a team, although we don't know how if that's going to happen. Seattle seems to be a contender. You think Vegas gets one of those two expansion teams that seems inevitable in the NBA in the coming years? Listen, I sure hope so. Um, and I know this Mexico City uh, talk has just popped up recently here in this past couple of days. Um, I think the expectation here is 2024 um, when the TV contract is, is, is expired and they have to renew that and come up with a new deal and get those millions. And like you said, uh, to me, it's Vegas and Seattle. I do know um, there's a bulk of land off the strip near, I guess, behind the wind in which they're trying to figure out NBA arena, MLS arena, Oakland A's baseball field stadium, you know, trying to get all these things, uh, trying to get all these things to work. Um, and obviously I believe with the MLS cup and of course LA winning um, the commissioner for the MLS had his state of the union too. And it's down to San Diego and Las Vegas. He, he just flat out said we're deciding between those two cities. So to me within these next two to three years, uh, I'm expecting at least two professional sports franchises here in Vegas and I sure as hell hope one of them's the NBA. Yeah, from your your mouth to God's ears, right? Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, the Davis family is going to probably be giving uh, McDaniel's a little bit more time. And obviously, I know Raider fans are very impatient. So, how long do you think that McDaniel's has in Vegas? Listen, I, I don't I don't want to be dramatic or hyperbolic um, because 
I thought that this was a tough situation of look, this this team somehow some way made the playoffs last year. Uh, Houdini work. If there wasn't a, a a missed call that some would argue against the Bengals in the playoffs, they beat the team that went to the Super Bowl. Um, but with that said, and I understand, hey, you need to get used to these new players. But I also understand the flip side is you don't trade for one of the best wide receivers and spend all this money to bring these these big free agents. Um, with that being said, now that I think about it, I just if they keep losing and this team ends up with three or four wins or hell even five, um, the fans are going to be calling for heads and yeah. they're going to want things to change. So, will Mark Davis be strong enough to to stir the ship and be like, no, we have a plan? and it didn't go like we wanted to, um, we'll have to see. Uh, I do know that fans, even at this point, uh, uh, the memes are being thrown around, fire Josh McDaniels. And I will say the the most frustrating part about this, even with this Colts game losing by five points, I believe they've lost six one-score games. Their own six this season of one-score games. And in four out of those six, they had the ball at the end of the game to win it, and they just didn't pull through. And I know from year to year that can flip and – you flip four of those games, and we're talking about a completely different, uh, completely different scenario here for the Raiders. But the two and seven is what, what's happening now, and, and fans are fans are very impatient. So if this keeps going sour, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, so we get a lot of grief in Los Angeles because we are a transient town. A lot of the opposing fans come to games. I mean, listen, it, it makes sense when you look at the schedule at the beginning of the season, and you want to make a road trip. You're going to go to Los Angeles. But you want to go to Las Vegas as well. What has uh, those games been like? Again, we've seen a ton of Chiefs fans. We've seen a ton of Broncos fans. We've seen a ton of the opposing fans. Are people talking about that? Like, are you concerned about that? Um, not necessarily concerned. I, I think a lot of people. You kind of just hit the nail on the head. A kind of people for rationalize. Like, look, when the team looks at their schedule, when the fan base looks at their schedule. No disrespect, um, but I'm not going to some of these cities. I'm not going to Cincinnati yeah. when I can go to Las Vegas. And this is their vacation. If they're making one trip out of the year, they're going to make it over here. It's a brand-new stadium. It's easy to get here. It's Everybody's here. It's, it's a tourist city. People want to be on the strip. Um, what has surprised me more than opposing fans is in this season in particular, the Bluebirds have been out. Mm. Early on in this season, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's the team, whether it's McDaniels coming out the tunnel by himself, like this fan base is frustrated. And even these past two two home games, whether it was the Colts game or a few weeks ago with the Texans, it wasn't as sold out. Or excuse me, it wasn't. It, it was sold out technically, exactly. But yeah. the, the, the the capacity of people actually in the building was maybe sixty to seven percent. And to me, that's very surprising. People got to remember, first year of the stadium was the pandemic year. There were no fans allowed. This is the first year of full go, and people spent a lot of money. I was just with my friend who had season tickets. He didn't even say anything the entire night we were out because he was despondent of the wasted money that he invested in supporting this team and getting season tickets, and they're beyond frustrated. So to me, uh, it's more surprising to me that the the fans and some of the the just just the booing and everything in comparison to some of the other cities that come here because another thing and some of the players have talked about it too when you're wearing black and silver in a stadium when you're any other color it kind of sticks out 
but it hasn't been anything outrageous. It hasn't been some of these Rams 49ers games at SoFi Field, at least now, uh, at least up to now, where it's, it's kind of been 20, 80% Raiders for the other team, which isn't too bad and, and kind of has to be expected here in Vegas. And, and for the Raiders, I think it's time to start looking at the draft. Are there any prospects? You know, obviously, I don't think they continue with two wins. I think they do get a couple more wins, maybe have the seventh, eighth overall pick. Are there any guys you're looking at, like Peter Skaronsky, a tackle who would obviously help the offensive line for the Raiders, maybe a Miles Murphy, defensive lineman from, from Clemson, uh, Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, if he's available. Any of those guys, anybody you're specifically looking at for the Raiders to increase the talent on this team for next season? Uh, first off, God bless your heart. Already deep into the draft, yeah. my, mind even, my mind, my mind, my mind can't even fathom that. But we should. I believe we're the number two. We're the number two pick right now. We're lined <laughs> up. What a shame. We're a year off when the uh, Vegas hosted the draft last year. But uh, to me, of course, I'm just I'm curious about how the fan base and how the organization is going to view Derek Carr. They gave him the two year contract extension going into this season. It's been eight or nine years of is Derek Carr good or is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? Um, but the offensive line, both both lines on offense and defense, whether it's a D tackle um, to, to kind of clog up the middle because teams can run on. <laughs> There's the blueprint to beat the Raiders is very simple, and not that many teams uh, have followed it. And the Colts did it to protect uh, perfection when they realized, oh hey, we have Jonathan Taylor, and I know he struggled this season, but let's just have him run the ball. And that's what they did, and they controlled the game versus the Colts. So they need to show up that defensive line. And then to start the season within the first month, there were about eight or nine different variations of the offensive line. They were trying to figure out what was the best line to give Derek Carr protection, um, which means when you're trying eight or nine different things, you don't have one thing that you're comfortable with. So to me, it's the, it's the offense and defensive line, either or whatever way they go with it, with the first pick. Obviously, it's going to be super important, but I would be fine with either because they need to show that up because those are the that is the glue that holds everything else together, in my opinion, whether it's on offense or defense. I wanted to bring up a point, uh, and I'll throw a couple caveats your way as well because last year they had incredible luck with their one-score games last year when they made the playoffs, and obviously this year, incredibly bad luck. What do you see specifically? Like, why, why are they not closing out games the way that they did last year I know the brain trust last year when they made the playoffs is pretty much completely gone. This is a completely new coaching staff. But in what way are they just like absolutely failing to close out games? I just, I don't know. I don't know what this team wants to be. Um, Josh Jacobs has had a hell of a year, uh, kind of a statement year because he didn't get his fifth year option picked up. So he'll be a free agent next season. The man wants to get paid. Um, he's had a hell of a season, but there's been points where they haven't ran the ball enough. And then first couple of games, Devontae Adams was doing this thing and being Devontae Adams, and they kind of went away from that. And, you know, it brings up earlier this season, we played at Tennessee, and uh, once again, one of those one-score games, and there was just miscommunication on, on a few plays, including in the red zone, where we got Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller running into each other. Uh, the Kansas City Monday night football game, Devontae and Hunter Renfro running into each other. Like they don't, the, I don't know what what, the, what they were doing in training camp. Uh, I thought they were practicing. I was there. They, they were on the field with pads and everything. But things are just not in sync. And 
they just they don't know what they want to be, and, and it's been frustrating because, for example, versus the Colts, uh, Devontae Adams had two touchdowns in the first half and was doing this thing, and in the second half, he had one catch for three yards. Um, that's a problem, to not maintain that consistency. And, of course, that speaks to everything when you're not playing a full 60 minutes of football. But it's just every week we don't know what we're going to get, and some of the things that we think that we should that should be the base of this team they kind of go away from it. But they're like, okay, cool. We got Josh Jacobs started. We know we can do that. So let's try to do something else instead of maintaining and building upon things. Uh, that's probably been one of the more frustrating things about this team this season. All right, last couple of minutes with you. I'm going to switch gears here, put the, um, you know, the Sporting Tribune hat on your head. What should we be covering? I mean, again, you know, Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii, you know, like as you take a look at the website, and again, there's so much to cover. We're trying to cover the, the whole, you know, again, Las Vegas, Hawaii, Southern California. What would you like us to cover? What are we not covering? Well, look, uh, first episode, by the way, Cheap Plus Time comes out, um, what's today? Today's Wednesday. I need to get my mind straight. <laughs> this is what happens when I go on the strip. When I go on the strip during the week, Anyway, uh, first episode is going to drop on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we're starting up top. Rash, you're going to be on the show. Uh, other co-founder as well, Chris uh, Mattman, is going to be joining us. So we want to get why uh, the Sporting Tribune was created, what's the purpose, what we can expect, and let people know who we are starting from the top. So you guys are kicking it off for the first episode. But from there, I get to have some fun. And yeah. I'm going to try not to be biased. Right now, I do want to focus on both of the L.A. basketball teams. Um, because the Lakers are a disaster and it's fun. So I just need to figure out what the hell's going on with that. And then also the Clippers who are, they're, they're in these close games. They're, they're trying to do their thing. Paul George is, is trying to carry this team. But really find out what's going on with Kawhi. They say he's close to returning, but is he really, is it going to happen? It's kind of, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, and also college football too. Yeah. Um, obviously UCLA had a tough loss, but as we get closer and closer, onto the college football playoff and USC and a couple of these big games coming up. Uh, diving into that, too. But I have a plethora of things that I get to, to, to pick and to decide. And, and also, it might be a learning experience because uh, I'm not the biggest hockey fan. But we got some change <laughs> coverage. And we, we, got some, we got some coverage on there, too. So I'm going to be learning along the way, too, because we're, we're, I'm going to try to be as least biased as possible and whatever's important and whatever needs to be talked about. That's where we'll go. I am so pumped about this show. I'm so pumped to have you talking to our journalists, talking to all the people who are covering all the, the uh, teams here. Again, the first podcast, the first episode of the Sporting Tribune today will be dropping on Friday, and you can expect that every Friday moving forward. Uh, we'll have to do this again very soon. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.